I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is a bonus episode of News Du Jour. Hey everyone, and welcome to my maternity leave special series. I am so excited to finally be announcing this and premiering it. Um, In case you don't follow us on social media, I'm going to give you guys a little recap of what exactly is going on. So it was never my intention to have any dry periods of time where you guys didn't have content from us. Um, That just kind of happened with my health. I needed to take a break physically from News Du Jour um, and not be producing content for a little while. And it, it killed me in my soul because I had all these big plans. I've been putting in so much work behind the scenes, um, picking these topics. These topics were not chosen by accident and the interviews were not chosen by accident. I've been picking very deliberately topics that I want to shed some light on for you guys, Um, getting feedback from you about what you want to hear and learn about, um, picking those topics and then researching them, writing about them and recording all of these episodes. So the way that this is going to work is each week, you guys are going to get a longer episode than a regular news du jour episode. It'll be a bonus about a particular topic so that you guys can continue learning about the world around you through this podcast while I am out on maternity leave and taking care of my body and taking care of my baby and introducing him to the world. So I'm really excited for this phase. I think it's going to be like a really fun little adventure. Um, I wish I could be doing the news the way that I usually do because I think that's really useful for you guys from what I hear, but I will be back at that come September. So every week between now and then, we will be releasing a bonus episode for you guys on a different topic. And I hope that you will listen in because I have picked these out with care and I've done a ton of research. And this first one is very near and dear to my heart and it overlaps with a lot of the other things we're going to be talking about in this special mini series. So it's just going to be, you know, an adventure. And thank you guys for coming along with me for this adventure. And without further ado, I will go ahead and hop into our first maternity leave special series bonus episode. So within this maternity leave special series, we're also going to be premiering some other like sort of sub series that we will continue to do through bonus episodes after I come back from maternity leave. So one of the new series um, that I wanted to announce for you guys, actually, the reason I'm starting with this episode is it really announces two new special series that we're going to be diving into. It's really overlapping with both. And that's why I thought, let's go ahead and start with this one. So the first special series we're going to be 
um, premiering is misunderstood characters in history. So basically, um, we'll be covering characters who are either just like I said, completely misunderstood. Like we think this one thing happened when something completely different happened or maybe just people that we all know about but don't actually know their story. Um, For example, we have Joan of Arc coming up. Like I think she's a great example of like we have like a general idea of like she was like the warrior woman, but like what did she actually do and when and, you know, what was her life story? So We're going to be diving into characters like that throughout history, and it'll be really fascinating. And we're starting today with the real story of who we call Pocahontas. Big air quotes happening. Um, If you guys could see me, Uh, her actual name was Matuaka. And so we're going to go into all of that in today's episode. So she is this episode is going to be part of that series. But we will also be premiering a series about women's safety to go hand in hand with our work through Haven, um, which is our charitable component that basically champions women's safety in all of its various forms today. Now, this episode does not fit cleanly under that umbrella because all of for that special series, All of the episodes that we're going to be talking about are cases that still need justice, whether it's a missing woman we're trying to find or if it's, you know, a a domestic violence case or a stalking case that still has not seen any justice um, for the victims. This is going to be a series that sheds light on those cases. And at the end of the day, What we're doing here with this episode today is shedding light on a real story, but it's not necessarily one that's ongoing today. So, you know, it doesn't fit cleanly under that umbrella, but a lot of overlap. So I thought it was important to start with this episode and let's go ahead and dig into it. So the story of Pocahontas is really the story of a woman named Matawaka. Out of respect for her real identity and her real story, we will be referring to her here as Matuaka from here on out. Pocahontas was actually just a playful nickname for her, and while it's probably what friends and family would have called her, it wasn't her actual name. And because we will be discussing (laughs) such serious topics such as her kidnapping, forced conversion, rape, and murder, I think it's more appropriate to call her by her real name. I also wanted to give a blanket disclaimer here about sources. So what's tough is that a lot of the sources deemed credible are also sources dominated by white people, you know, such as the Smithsonian, the History Channel, etc. So in this episode, I will be referencing information that comes from both sources like that, but also sources like Indian Country Today and other Nonviolent uh, focused groups such as Nonviolence International because they are actually much more close to this issue, but you may never have heard of them before. So I kind of wanted to preface that, that this is where I'm getting my information about Matuaka's life. I just think it's important to tell her real story because it has been so twisted throughout time. I always like to be transparent, though, about where I'm getting my information, where it's coming from, uh, especially when it comes to historical pieces, because there's no live footage to go off of here like with today's news. 
So as a child, I loved the Disney Pocahontas, full disclosure here. And this episode is not about shaming anyone who may have not been aware of her actual life story, but rather just to educate and inform and sort of correct a false narrative. I want everyone to know the truth about her life because she deserves that. And the issues that Matawaka faced in her lifetime are still plaguing our native friends and in these modern forms and especially native women. It's all of our responsibility to stand up for them and to fight alongside them for their safety. While Disney's Pocahontas does a lot to demonize the greedy incoming settlers and romanticize a connection to nature, these things are pretty accurate based on what we've seen recounted historically. Today, we are going to focus, though, on Matuaka's life, her story, which is, after all, what the movie was supposed to be about, right? Matuaka was born in what is now Virginia into the Potawan tribe. Her name, Matuaka, actually means, quote, flower between two streams, end quote, which is interesting because while the Disney movie never refers to her as Matawaka, they do lean heavily into this idea that she is picking between these two river streams, the steady one and the busy one. Matawaka was actually born between two rivers, so this is likely where her name came from. Her mother died giving birth to her, actually, so she was raised by aunts and other women in the tribe. She was indeed daughter to a chief who she was reportedly very close with just like in the Disney film she looked a lot like her mom too which I guess you know by a lot of the historical accounts that I read that's part of why her dad was so affectionate with her he just you know she reminded him of her mom so it's super important to start off by saying that Matawaka was 10 years old when the colonists arrived in what is now Virginia. So a very far cry from this budding eligible young woman who's so strong and mature that we see depicted by Disney. She was literally a child. John Smith at the time was 27 years old. So there is no evidence that these two had any relationship of any kind in real life. When Matawaka was about 14 years old, she was married to a man named Kokowam. Legit, in real life. And she had a son with him. Kokowam was indeed also a military leader, though not a super high-ranking one for a nearby tribe. Some suggest that he may have been a bodyguard at one point for her father, but this is not known for sure. Some historians speculate that this may have been a marriage based on love because of his lack of rank in marrying a chief's daughter, especially the chief's favorite daughter. That said, it's important to note that Padawan women were free to marry whoever they wanted. So she very well could have met him as a bodyguard for her dad, fallen in love, and married him and had a child. But sadly, this match may have led to Kokowam's demise. A few years into their marriage, an Englishman named Samuel Argall found out where Matawaka was and basically decided to use her as leverage. 
according to the many accounts that I have read, what I can uh, say for sure is that he lured her onto a ship and trapped her there. You know, sort of the accounts of how she ended up on this ship are, you know, murky. There's a lot of differing sort of placing blame on different people. But at the end of the day, this dude, Samuel Argall, he orchestrated it and he put her on a ship to trap her. He planned to hold her there for ransom, and he did. He wanted, you know, his imprisoned men and weapons back from Matawaka's father. So he thought, okay, I'll take the chief's favorite daughter and use her as leverage. Back in the village that Matawaka was taken from, her husband was murdered by English settlers leaving their child to be raised by other women in the village. Matuaka was then held in captivity for long periods of time on this ship, and she was raped while she was in captivity, likely by more than one person and on a repeated basis. There are differing accounts of whether she became pregnant then with her second child or if she became pregnant with her second child later on, but she suffered from such severe depression and anxiety that her captors eventually allowed a visit from her sister to comfort her. Her second son was named Thomas. At this point, her English captors began doing anything they could to convert her to their lifestyle, from dress to religion to language and so on. They realized that the dad was not going to bend. He was not going to accept that she'd be used as leverage. And he basically kind of left her there. And she eventually accepted her fate and took the name Rebecca and officially converted to Christianity. She was never allowed to see her child or her family again. Hearing this story, I just... (laughs) I struggle to understand why Disney ever thought it was a good idea to make a children's movie about her life. I mean, it's just such an utter tragedy and it continues. So let's go ahead and jump into the next chapter. What exactly is John Rolfe? Who is John Rolfe? What exactly was his role in all of this? Because If you ever saw Pocahontas 2, which I did watch as a child as well, because I liked the first one, we watched the second one, you may be asking yourself, you know, did she marry John Rolfe in real life? Why would she do that? Um, Why would John Rolfe want to marry a political prisoner? Was it for love? You know, honestly, I would say far from it from what I've read. John Rolfe, of course, needed something from Matuaka. He was on a strict deadline from the crown to either turn a profit from their efforts in Jamestown or they would lose financial support from the royals. Matuaka knew she and her people had methods to cure tobacco. But they did not share this sacred practice with just anyone. They didn't share it with anyone outside the tribe. 
So John Rolfe saw tobacco as the way to make Jamestown profitable. And thus, he knew marrying Matuaka and marrying into the tribe, basically, would be an attempt to learn this curing process for tobacco and then sell the tobacco uh, to the Brits and maintain his cushy relationship with the British crown. And you know what? He did it and it worked exactly how he planned it. Matuaka's father did not attend the wedding out of fear for his safety, but let's be honest, this wasn't a real marriage anyway. She was not a willingly consenting party, but historical documents show that he sent her, her her father sent her, a strand of stunning Chesapeake Bay pearls for a wedding gift. So, you know, she's been depicted in different paintings wearing these pearls and um, they're said to be significant. So that maybe is where Disney pulled that necklace reference. I'm not sure. Um, I didn't see anything saying that the pearls were belonged to her mother or anything like that, but there was a significant necklace in real life and there was a significant necklace in the Disney movie. After the wedding, they brought Matuaka along with her sister Anne Thomas to England on a kind of goodwill tour, if you will. Oh my gosh. They paraded her around basically as an example of how indigenous people were getting along with English settlers, supposedly. (laughs) When this was obviously absurd as she was being held against her will. So (laughs) how can you be getting along with someone who is literally holding you in captivity? (laughs) I'm not sure that's a thing. According to accounts from her sister, she was desperate to get away from her captors and see her father and, of course, her son that she left behind in the village. On the ship heading home, she was in perfect health, according to those around her, yet during dinner, vomited suddenly and died. So those closest to her believed that she was for sure poisoned and it definitely seems that way I mean how many 21 year olds do you know just like keel over one night at dinner she was buried in England which kills me because that could not have been what she wanted at St. George's Church in 1617 this was so far away from her homeland and her family without any regard for their mortuary customs Tribes have been asking ever since for her remains to be returned to the United States and relinquished to the Potawan tribe. And yet British officials now say that they are actually not even sure of the exact location of her remains, which is just horrifying. Matuaka's father died within the year out of grief. Thomas was left in England who, you know, he eventually got this Western education, but eventually returned to the Potawan tribe as a grown man where he married and had a ton of children. So how exactly did we end up with the narrative presented in the Disney movie? I mean, was this all just dreamed up by their creative team? No, actually. So John Smith, many years later wrote in his journals that Matuaka had saved him from being executed by her father. 
It's still really unclear as to why he would write something like this, because it has been deemed virtually impossible. Like this 99% did not sure did not happen. Where he claimed to have been in Virginia would have been miles and miles away from where Matuaka lived as a child. And she would have been 10 or 11 years old and not a participant in any ceremonies where a foreigner might have been put to death. Some think that he misinterpreted a ceremony or some other young woman may have intervened on his behalf that he thought was Matuaka. There's also a Scottish ballad, though, <laughs> that parallels this story very closely. And some believe that John Smith simply lifted that story from Scottish folklore and that it actually never happened at all. John Smith was actually known to be pretty attention seeking, and it's pretty possible that he just made this whole thing up. But after he wrote this and after her marriage to John Rolfe, Matuaka became this kind of idealized heroine who had bridged the gap between indigenous and British British cultures, um, which, again, she was forced to be living out this role. She didn't do any of this of her own accord. So I think it's really unfair to even hold her up as some kind of hero because the thing is she didn't choose this for herself. Maybe she didn't want that. Um, We just don't have any, we have very limited insight into how she was thinking or feeling at this time because she wasn't allowed to be around anyone that she really trusted for long periods of time. In reality, this was a teenager who was kidnapped, forced into marriage, raped, and likely murdered at the hands of British colonists. But you can see why the Brits might like their own version of things better. The version of Montuaka throwing herself over John Smith to save his life is even depicted in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda building today. Today, there is imagery of that happening, despite the fact that it likely never happened. Sorry, guys, I'm recording this towards the end of May. And if you are from Oklahoma, you know the struggle. Uh, There are thunderstorms really aggressively all throughout the spring every single year. So that's what that boom was. It was uh, thunder. (laughs) Anyway, um, just to sum things up, you guys, the fact that there is a depiction of this pretty much debunked story in our U.S. Capitol building I think points to the idea that Matuaka, a.k.a. Pocahontas, is an incredibly misunderstood character in history. And even though I am not an expert on indigenous histories or native cultures, I felt compelled to share what I could learn of her real life and her real story because it is so tragic and because it's such a far cry from how we talk about her and learn about her and think about her um, in modern American society. And I I know, like, for me at least, I always had heard, like, this isn't her real life, this isn't her real story from friends of mine, but, well, then what is, like, what happened? You know, that was my big question mark. And that's why we created this series of misunderstood characters in history. And if there's someone that you guys are, 
have always been curious about or want to know more about, definitely DM us, email us, all of our contact info and social medias, of course, in the show notes. I want to dive into someone really fascinating in their life um, for you guys and figure out uh, what is myth and what is fact and separate the fact from fiction. Um, I think that is going to be a really fun part of this series. So stay tuned. We have a few other misunderstood characters in history coming out between now and the fall so you'll hear some more of them and then of course like I mentioned at the top we're we'll also be discussing a ton of women's safety cases as well so stay tuned for both of those the women's safety cases too are going to be incredible because they're going to give you guys a chance to really help (laughs) you know I know hearing these stories like hearing what happened to Pocahontas leaves me feeling so helpless and just you know, that you wish you could go back and give her the life that she deserved um, that was rightfully hers, but we can't. With these cases that are ongoing today, there's actual justice that we can, we can, you know, seek at least. There's ways of making an actual difference in the here and now, and that's just so much more um, satisfying and important uh, to jump in on. So the current MMIW crisis in general is something that we're going to get into pretty heavily. So stay tuned for all of that. And I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you'll listen every week to our bonus episode for this special maternity leave series. Talk to you guys soon. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider becoming a patron of our podcast. For $7.99 a month, you can unlock tons of perks like breaking news text messages so that you're never out of the loop, tons of bonus episodes are already up there ready for you to binge, and a discussion board full of networking opportunities and much more. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash sugar-free media today to become a patron. This is the best way to support our show. Our patrons make news du jour possible. But a couple other ways to support our podcast are rate and review on whatever podcast platform you use to listen, share on your social media, you have influence, tell your friends, family, and colleagues that you love news du jour and why you listen. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, just sugarfreemedia, all one word on TikTok, and sugarfree underscore media on Twitter. We also have a weekend newsletter called Dreamers Digest that's full of dreamy content recommendations for your weekend and a life update from yours truly. Sign up today on our website, www.sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoy and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Katherine Jessic Designs. Any twinkling or little footsteps you might hear in the background are by my dog, Rhett. He's a rescue pup and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh,